action. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome to Comedically Correct. I am Andrew Holiday, And I'm Corey Evans. He almost forgot for a second. <laughs> I have too many names. Yeah. Uh, tell me about that. Anyway, so uh, today's podcast is brought to you by nobody. We don't have any sponsors yet. So if you're listening here and you want to give us money, um, please let us know in the messages. <laughs> Feel free to DM us at any time. So specifically how... Red's Apple Ale. Say that again. Specifically Red's Apple Ale. That's always been like my dream is to be sponsored by Red's Apple Ale. Uh, that's all I drink other than water. <laughs> I Red's Apple Ale or Nike, if you're out there. I mean, like LeBron James can't doesn't reach everybody, right? Yeah, he doesn't reach our audience. He yeah. doesn't do it. I actually, uh, one of our comedian friends thought his name was James LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> like someone I know? Yeah, someone you oh, know. You're going to have to tell me as soon as we stop this recording. I need to know who thought it was James LeBron. <laughs> uh, it won't surprise you. <laughs> I, I have someone I think it is. Yeah, because... <laughs> Uh, and he, he said, I thought he was joking when he said it. And, he's, and I was like, yeah, LeBron's cool. And he's like, he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, do you think, do you think he's French? And I was like, no, I don't. What? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> like, I, I didn't figure out that he was like completely off for like a good, like few seconds. Like it was like almost like we were doing a bit. But yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, do you have any shows coming up? I do not. I'm actually, I started, I mean, it's an open mic, but I host and I give people free shots in Lubbock. Uh, bar PM every Thursday at eight that I'm very excited about. Um, we had like 50 people go out to an open mic to watch last time, which doesn't happen. I'm trying to make a good open mic uh, that I like here. And then uh, June 25th at 9.30 at Two Docks, I'm going to be headlining. So I'm going to be doing 30 to 40 minutes, which is the most I've done since quarantine. So we'll see if I've still got the juice. Cool. Cool. Um, I might do another interview, a COVID interview with... Um, uh, Next Wednesday, I might do another COVID interview for another um, little puff piece on, you know, COVID and people that survived COVID. So that'll be fun. Oh, here's the t-shirt I made. Wait, I can't see the t-shirt. I can see the top. That's uh, You're blurry. It just looks like green slime. No, nah, it's, uh, it's the Apple symbol, but made to look like an alien. Oh, okay. I don't see how it's the Apple symbol. I do see the alien, though. Yeah, you don't. You don't see the Apple symbol? No, I think you're ruining our chance of being sponsored by Apple, though. What are you talking about? Apple, <laughs> give us money. Uh, Apple, we are on uh Apple right now. Apple Podcast. I'm on an Apple. We're yeah, on Apple, and I'm on a, I'm on a Mac, and it's great. I have a pair of AirPods. Oh yeah, we're basically sponsored. 
Yeah. Let's just do it. I'll, I'll contact Steve Jobs. <laughs> I don't know who the new guy is. Yeah. What was that? Still in charge? I don't know. I, I, I didn't, I didn't see that movie with, I think it's Ashton Kutcher's in charge right now. Yeah. It's Ashton Kutcher. I'm fine with that. He's fighting sex trafficking. So yeah, it's so easy to make fun of Ashton Kutcher, but he's like really a good person. Like, oh, he's, he, yeah, he like runs start like helps like fun startups and fight sex trafficking, and he's hot as hell. I think I get mad at people who are too good at too many things. Did you watch the new Bo Burnham special? Uh, I haven't yet. It's in my queue. I hate Bo Burnham, and it's so good. And I hate Bo Burnham because he's good at everything. Oh it's yeah. A- it's a pure jealousy hate, like, but it's a real hate. I don't watch him. My girlfriend made me watch his new special, and I was like, I hate this guy. And then I watched the whole special, and I was like, that is probably the best piece of art that's going to come out of COVID. And I hate him even more now. Oh, yeah. I, I know. How, maybe with Bo Burnham a little bit. Yeah, every now and then, like, when I see somebody that's really talented at something that I want to be talented at, yeah, I remember uh, playing baseball and like having like a like a freshman just like have like a crazy good arm and you're like ah fuck that kid. Yeah, it's not fun. It's it's not healthy, but like that's a lot of maybe we can talk about that too. We're gonna talk about comedy at the end. We can talk about joke uh, thieves and we can talk about the jealousy component and how it's not healthy for you, but like you kind of have to have it. Yeah. Well, like, I don't know anybody that honestly doesn't have a little bit of jealousy, but yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to that a little bit, which, um, what story do you, would you want to start with? You went can over. We, can we start with the nurse? Yes. The nicest <laughs> nurse ever. Cause here's the thing is I was teaching summer school and I got a message from Andrew and it was just butt cheeks. It was just real nice butt cheeks on my phone. <laughs> and there are kids all around. I was just like, Jesus Christ, what is he sending me? So I literally didn't even look at it. I was like, Andrew probably got hacked or is just real lonely. I don't know. <laughs> but so the idea is this nurse, uh, and I had her name up earlier. She started an OnlyFans. And then she had sex with a patient who was being tested for COVID-19. But she was very adamant. He tested positive or negative. negative. I'm sorry. She, he he, he tested, tested negative at the time that they did intercourse. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. I have so much. Um, we have to pay nurses more. <laughs> That's what... <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> considering considering like how much stuff like how how many people's lives like rely on them just being good at their job, like how little sleep they get, um, especially during the pandemic. Yeah. Well, and it's like you just spent a long time in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Percentage wise, nurse to doctor, who did you talk to more? Nurses by far. Probably 90 to 10, right? Probably even more than that, but yeah. And it's not, I'm not saying that doctors aren't important, but it's just like, Jesus Christ, there are nurses out here banging patients on video 
because they just want to fucking pay rent. Like, Jesus Christ, we need to let them have more money. They've become that, that they become one of those groups now since the pandemic, the groups where we're like, these people are heroes. And then people are like, well, should we pay them more money? And they're like, no, no, they're not like Chill real out. heroes. They're whoa, just whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, like, uh, you give them discounts at your bar for happy hour and stuff like that. You know, we'll let them board planes earlier. Do, do nurses even get that? I, not yet. I don't think so. They should. They should get money. No, actually, no, they shouldn't. Because I think when we start doing shit like that, when we start letting them do like these special things, somehow we justify the fact that financially we treat them like shit. Like, that's what we do with soldiers. Like, I yeah. mean, like, we're like, oh, well, yeah, he has PTSD and no one's going to hire him. But you know what? He gets a free burger at TGI Fridays every Memorial Day. Like, that's bullshit. Like, just pay them money. They're... Yeah. God. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of the truth. They're like, like, never forget. And then at the same time, they're like, but, you know. But never hire. Protect your wallet. Yeah. <laughs> It's just insane to me. Uh, and nurses are now in that. The, the two I've always seen in that, and one is very selfish, but I've seen military and teachers. And people are like, those people are heroes. But if you're like, hey, will you pay 1% more taxes to raise teacher pay? And they'll be like, hell no. Mm-mm. What do you mean? No, no. But, you know, if we're, but, you know, we'll, we'll give a billion dollar companies tax breaks. You know, stuff like that, that stuff, you know, that's where it's really important. Well, and so can I really quickly say, can we jump to the John Cena thing really quickly? Because I need to say something about who I am. (laughs) Yeah. So last week I shit on John Cena because I was like, oh, he's so sad. He's going to lose a couple of million dollars. It's like $500 million that that company loses from China. And we got called out on it. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yes, I, I, and I want to say that one, because you know what? Maybe John Cena was right. Like, you know what? Like, we have to eventually put a price on people's like well being, like the, the Taiwanese, like how many people are there? And then, like, how much is there, like, independence worth and it's, yeah I, I don't, it's not half a billion dollars Come not on. a half a billion dollars worth no it's taiwan i don't know anything about it that's what i want to say is i'm gonna say so much shit on this podcast and it's gonna make me sound stupid and with that being said like our military budget is the biggest budget in the world we could just make like two less nuclear bombs and probably give our soldiers a pay raise and that's with me knowing nothing about how much a nuclear bomb. Co- I mean, I, I feel like a nuclear bomb has to cost at least like 50 million. Me. Uh, I don't know how much a nuclear bomb costs. I do know that we make a lot of stuff though, that we don't like necessarily need, but we signed contracts. So we have to continue like there, they, they still make tanks that they don't need. I know that there's like something like that, where there's a bunch of tanks that get made that nobody needs absolutely yeah so real real fast the john cena thing i only think that john cena is kind of protecting maybe other people's jobs as well because 
it's not just him that might lose money if his movie doesn't get shown in China. It's like the little because the little guys are the ones that get squeezed when money stops going around. Sure. That's so, yeah. I actually still disagree with John Cena. I, I 100% disagree with John Cena. Because I'm, I'm just, just it's, it's fucked up the world works this way, but it's like, okay, that half a billion dollars, like, you know what? What if we just like took, instead of like being like, oh, well, we lost half a billion dollars, let's fire our interns. Like, how about you just take like a $1 million pay cut? Like, that's what I don't get is people who are like, I make $73 million a year but I will not take a $1 million paycheck. I'm not going to like a $1 million pay cut. I'm not going to get paid $72 million a year. I'm worth more than that. Like, fuck you, dude. Your kids are going to be fine. Like, yeah. You already bought a wing in like in Harvard. So there's like a whole wing named after your family. So you're going to be fine. It's the middle rich people that have to like lie their way into college. Yeah, I'm going to sound so socialist right now. My dad's going to listen to this and probably punch me in the face. Yeah. But I, I do understand billionaires. Like, I understand, I know some people are like, I don't understand billionaires at all. I understand being like, I want to live such a life that my great, great grandkids are going to be okay because of what I did. And that's awesome. And that's beautiful. But the thing is, if we would just be like, you know what, we're going to give that wealth away and make sure everyone's okay, that would still make sure your great-great-grandkids are okay. And it would make sure that my great-great-grandkids are okay because I'm poor. I'm not poor. I'm lower middle class. But, like, my great, my kids, if I have kids, they're not inheriting shit. They might inherit debt. Yeah. You dirty socialist. (laughs) I know. God. Uh, See, I... I, I'm 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 halfway like I understand capitalism and I understand the idea of working for what you got and stuff like that. But at the same time, as somebody that uh, needed to rely on the government a lot this past year, um, like I understand that you know there needs to be a safety net and there needs to be ways where you know we're gonna be able to you know take care of the weakest among us and stuff like that especially in a you know in a place called america you know yeah but you're also saying that because right now currently you're the weakest among us you're like yeah. you're like bottom <laughs> <three percent. laughs> yeah like an old lady held a door open for me <laughs> how long ago is this today oh you look so good now though yeah but i'm still like i still have a walker Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> so, so like I was walking up to a, to the door, and she's like, "No, let me get that for you." And I was like, uh, "Thank." In getting through a door with a walker is actually really hard, so it was actually very helpful. <laughs> so I just I just said thank you. Oh, geez, you'll be back. Oh yeah, feet in no time, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I'm I'm getting there, but yeah, it's it's. <laughs> a, it, it's a slower road than I'd like. To be fair, when you first got COVID and you're in the hospital, I was like, this dude's dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's one of the conversations I had was um I was I was I don't know why, but like I I, I like making myself angry. So I was on Facebook and I was like, and somebody's like, there's a low mortality rate, whatever, and I was like, 
even if you don't die from it, it can still be pretty bad. Like my my case in particular, he's like, I got COVID. It wasn't a big deal. And I was like, oh, I was just being dramatic. <laughs> it's like I, I just thought it was like a funny thing to say. Was like I was like I was in the hospital for eight months, and he's like, well, I got COVID. It wasn't a big deal. Like I was just being a dick about it. <laughs> like Joe Biden was paying you to say that. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted to message you at some point and ask you to tell people that that's what happened. Be like, actually, the Democrats paid me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just to just to prove that young people can get sick. They just don't want young people to have fun. They're like, look, here's here's a relatively young dude. He almost died. Yeah. (laughs) Stop licking toilet seats. (laughs) I, I, I don't think that they should. I, I don't think that the CDC should have had to release a thing saying that, like, it's not a good idea to lick toilet seats or lick other people's faces, whether or not it's a pandemic. You, they released that? Yeah. The CDC uh, released a thing saying um, they might not have specifically said toilet seats, but they released a thing saying that to not lick public uh, anything in public spaces or anything like that. And that, and they even explained how viruses can be transmitted from like touching stuff and licking stuff would is uh, just an easier way to get it in your system. Yeah, I guess a lot of us uh, people did just go lick shit. Like, I mean, that really was a thing right before COVID. Is like people were like, "I'm gonna go in and lick this ice cream." No, there was during COVID. There were people like having parties where they were like, they had COVID parties where they were licking each other. Jeez, this whole thing has tested my humanity to where I will like read a story where it will be like, this guy went to a COVID party to prove it wasn't a big deal, then he died. And like, part of me is like, good. And then the other part of me is like, someone died and that's sad. It's not, he didn't deserve to die and it's just sad. And then the other part of me is like, fuck them. I, I don't like it. I don't like this. Yeah. Anger I have that this year brought up. I mean, like, at least like the nurses that were messing around with uh, their patients did do COVID checks first. So, you know. Yeah, he was co- he was COVID negative. Yeah. They banged on camera. Um, yeah, for... Um, by the way, what is your OnlyFans? I tried to find it. I couldn't find it. It was a very quick search, but I tried to find it. I because I, I was like research. It was it's all research. And, or yeah, for the show and, and just the show and nothing else. My problem is why would you fire the nicest nurse ever? Why would like, you what? Why would you fire the nicest nurse ever? I had a lot of nurses. On all of them were nice. None of them were that nice. Uh, I'm about to go unfunny, but it's like just fuck them later. <laughs> like, like how long is your? I know nurses work long hours, mm-hmm. but just fuck them like six hours later. Like that's honestly, I maybe it's different for people who get laid more often. But like for me, if someone's like, "Hey, not right now, but I'll fuck you in six hours," I'd be like, "Hell yeah, cool, let's yeah, do that like, after discharge." We'll make this yeah. happen. <laughs> I I just like 
I do want to see the video. I want the video to be so very corny. And she does the fucking nose swamp thing. <laughs> and then the guy's like, So you penetrated me. <laughs> I I just like imagine it like uh one of those like old school porns where like they were like trying to have a storyline. They're like, oh no, the doctor prescribed a good time. <laughs> That's the sad thing about OnlyFans and amateur porn is like we're losing the storylines, you know? We used to have great story. I mean, not great. Yeah. But they we used to have storylines. They had a hero's journey in them. Yeah. There's a, there's a clear arc. Yeah. <laughs> From, yeah, from small town girl to big city whore. <laughs> oh God! Sometimes, sometimes like there is a story that you just kind of have to read between the lines. Just like, well, that girl wanted to be famous. Then uh, those bum me out. <laughs> I don't like those. Was it? Uh, Johnny called it uh, the. Your your Pornhub Cinderella, yeah, like <laughs> never mind, never mind. Let's go on to the next story. Let's do that. Which which story? I got to choose the first one. Which one do you want to dive into? Okay, so um, this one made me laugh, and this just kind of reminds me of a lot of the stuff like during um during the quarantine this is just i think how life is now uh the ceo of amc was caught not wearing his pants during an interview <laughs> yeah i saw it's not confirmed my favorite thing of that article i'm pulling it up now because the thing is i saw the picture and i was like you know what that looks like it could be something else like i i see why people thought he didn't have on pants but it looks like it could be something else. Like maybe it was a weird shot. But my favorite line from that article is AMC did not respond to the independent for confirmation of whether the CEO had no clothes. Because honestly, until I read that line, I was like, I don't know. Like, and then as soon as I read that line, I was like, oh, he was definitely naked. Yeah. They're like, well, we just won't say anything. Then people can think whatever they want. And then like, you know what we're going to think. Well, it's like, why wouldn't you, like, if he was wearing pants, I would instantly be like, and they reached out and they're like, was he wearing pants? I'd be like, hell yeah. The only reason I can think you would not do that and be like, yeah, he was for sure wearing pants is if you're like, he was for sure not wearing pants and maybe someone proves it indefinitely and then we can get sued. Yeah. I don't know what you'd get sued for, but he was not wearing pants. Well, I don't know if he'd get sued because like even even then, like, it wasn't like, anything too salacious it's not like we saw any like twig and berries just just a little bit of leg fat <laughs> yeah it's also just like give this man a break his stock was not doing well <laughs> he wasn't expecting this this dude's probably been depressed for like a year and suddenly his stock starts doing well he's just getting out of depression let him get out of depression that had to hurt him yeah. Or he thought it was hilarious. Maybe. But like I I, I just know know what that's like when you show 
basically, so for a while during the pandemic, uh, I had to work for home, from home and I just was like not showering and I was making phone calls all day and doing video conferences and I didn't wear pants for like most of that. And I just, I understand. See, I don't understand because I have very high anxiety. And so like the idea of not wearing pants during a Zoom phone call, is like they will see your dick. That is what goes through my mind. Like no matter what, something's gonna happen i can't do it i don't understand i mean i don't i don't really think it's wrong like morally no i don't i don't think it's wrong if he was not wearing pants no i talk to people on the toilet all the time but i would not do it yeah no i mean i would i have i've 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 talked professionally yeah i've done it professionally no no pants on the toilet just making phone calls like true green wanted so many calls a day and you're like all right well i'm gonna make those calls but i'm also gonna just do what i want too no i have too much anxiety here's a fun anxiety fact about me a lot of times i check my phone after having sex because i'm certain that i accidentally like knocked my phone over and called my mom during sex yeah, that's a real, like, really, like, after sex, I'll grab my phone and I'll be like, okay, nope, did not call your mom. Good, good, good. Dang. That's, like, that'd be horrible for me because, like, my mom be, like, the one that would, I think my mom would, like, give me notes, probably. That's why I would hate that. Did not sound like she was enjoying it. Yeah. And Andrew... <laughs> Here's the thing is you don't know you don't know Spanish well enough. Like you really shouldn't be trying that stuff. God. Yeah. Why is she calling you daddy if you're not giving me a grandson? (laughs) Good point. By the way, my mom brings up grandchildren a lot, is stressing me out. I, I, I've got an older brother who's popped two out now. Well, he hasn't. His wife has. Yeah. And so that's taken the pressure off me. I think, honestly, I'm in a, I'm in a long-term relationship that's really good right now. And I think my family's not saying anything because they know how I am with relationships. And they're just like, we don't want to jinx it. So, in fact, my mom told me because the first time she met my mom, she left. Uh, we were at the lake and I w- went up to my mom and I said, so what do you think about my girlfriend? And she said, I don't want to tell you, which is a terrible thing to say. Yeah. And I was like, no, now you have to tell me. And she was like, I really like her, but I don't want to tell you because when I really like girls, you dump them. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. My mom is leaving right now, dude. My mom is the worst with chicks that I date. <laughs> yeah, like Did you wave your mom off, or you like go? I gotta talk shit. <laughs> no, like she was. She's taking boxes up to the front for them to uh, do a, a composting. But okay. uh, yeah, she. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, she has not met physically met one of my girlfriend any of my girlfriends since high school. Jeez. I dated our salutatorian. Like I used to date smart girls. I dated uh-huh. 
I dated our salutatorian. I dated uh, multiple girls with 4.0s. And my mom's like, I don't like them for you. Like all the time. So I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to tell you about those ones anymore. And then um, and then uh, I dated a Hooter girl. <laughs> and my mom's like, really? Um, <laughs> so I've, I've actually dated a few Hooter girls. But uh, the one Hooter girl that I was dating for a little while, she's like, uh, really, Andrew? Like, do you know that um, if we have grant, like my mom will like also like jump into the future and uh-huh. give me hypotheticals from the future. Be like, do you realize that, you know, if you guys have kids together and your, your kids are going to get older and they're going to find out their mom worked at Hooters, what are they going to think? And I was like, I don't think they're going to care. Like they're going to have me as a dad. Like they're going to be, they're going to be creeps anyway. I feel like worst thing that happens is they're like gross and then it's done. Yeah, like quite quite frankly, I've dated enough girls that have had jobs like that to where like it doesn't. I I've hung out with the kids at Hooters with with the moms. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not a, it's not that big of a thing. I it's not that I don't like that the kids are there. I don't like that you're meeting the kids. <laughs> I as a rule now. I try not to meet a kid unless like I'm going to be serious in the relationship. But back in the day, I was like, yeah, I'll meet your kids. I love kids. Yeah. Then, but like, mm, it gets, it, it, it gets frosty. Like after a while. Like, all right. <laughs> all right. I'm moving on to Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, speaking of kids. So Joaqu- Joaquin Phoenix won't force his son, that was in quotations, won't force his son to be vegan, but isn't going to indoctrinate him with the idea that McDonald's have a happy meal. Yeah. And he's like, there's nothing fucking happy about that. <laughs> I hate Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> you know what he reminds me of are the parents who try, and I'm not saying you shouldn't try for your kids, but I do think there are parents who try too hard to be like, I'm not going to mess up my kids. And it's like, you just got to accept you're going to mess up your kids. Like, I think there are people who think that they're going to do such a damn good job. Their kids aren't going to be messed up at all. And it's like, Joaquin Phoenix, you're going to fuck up your kids. Just let it go. This kid's going to be fucked up. Like, make them be vegan. Just be like, you're a vegan. Who cares? Like, yeah. But it's, <laughs> he doesn't want to indoctrinate them. Uh, he doesn't want to tell them, let them use the term happy meal from McDonald's because it's not happy because chickens are being slaughtered. And he even said, I'm not going to let my kids read books that have farm animals in them and be like, Ooh, look at the cute farm animals. Cause those that they're going to be killed. <laughs> it's like, you're going to introduce your kid to death way too early. Yeah. Well, <laughs> So first off, I actually have no idea what the when the right time is to teach a kid about death, because like it's going to happen like when it happens, that's the time to teach them. So like it's going to happen eventually in their life. And then it's like, all right, well, this isn't your grandma's (laughs) not a thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's real weird teaching kids about death because it's weird. Death is weird. Even when you're an adult, mm-hmm. I lost my mind the other day because I got stuck in traffic 
because they stopped traffic for a funeral procession. And like just the whole thing we do with death is weird being like, well, someone's died and now we're stopping traffic. Someone's died. Go look at their dead body. And it's just so I remember when my grandma died, I was like 12. And everyone was like, hey, your grandma's always going to be watching you. And I was like, I'm going through puberty. I don't want that. Like, can she only watch me some of Like, can I at least get 15 minute breaks from her watching me? I'm jerking off so much. And my dead grandma doesn't need to see that. It's, I don't know. I don't know the right time. I'm sure psychologists have figured it out, but it's just, it's weird acting like, well, kids can't handle it. We can't handle it either. Like we don't do, do well with death. I I think I did better with death when I was younger than now. Like now I'm like now like the whole gravity of the situation hits me right away. When I was a kid, I was just like, all right, well, Uncle Phil's gone. Won't see him anymore. Like that's sad. But like the less you know, the better. Like it you just like I don't get it. So it's confusing and weird. But yeah. Well, I feel like like for a kid to grasp death, you want them to be pretty sad for like two days, right? Like that's the that's the goal. Yeah, two days. I I don't know where you come with the the two days exactly. I I don't know, but it's like if you're just like like if someone's like your grandma's dead, and I'm like, oh, that's sad, and then I go like do whatever. That probably means I'm not processing it, or I'm a sociopath. Yeah, that's true. Like if you if your grandma dies or like somebody that you're close to dies and you're like, well, ah, that's too bad. And you're like, we're, we're still going to go party, right? Yeah, there, there's there's a balance, though, because there's also like I found my biggest thing. Unfortunately, going to get a little sad. Unfortunately, being comics, like a lot of comics die very young. And so I've known comics. I've known four comics who've passed away. And I think all of them have been between, been under 30. And I've kind of known them, but there's been this weird thing I've noticed that when someone passes away, especially a comic, everyone gets real, real sad. Not that they shouldn't be sad. I'm going to sound like such a dick. (laughs) Go for it. They get so sad and then they just start being like, this guy was the funniest person in the world and I loved him so much. And it's like, I've never seen you talk to that guy. And I have that thing too. I start to do that where I go like, "Eh." and then I try to stop myself and I go like, no, you're very sad because he was too young and because he was part of a group that you're a part of, which is comedy and you're a comic and he's a comic. So there's that pain there. And there's the pain of him being young. And then there's the pain of just also my own mortalities in there. But I've seen people like, I've seen people like weep and like break down. And then it's like, oh, like, you know, cause comedy is also weird. Like you can be like, what was their real name? And they'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> like red shirt guy. Yeah. Ah, shit. Like if I I'm I go by Corey Evans and if I were to die there would be someone who'd be like I am devastated 
Corey Evans is dead. He was the best guy. We were best friends. And if you're like, what was his real last name? They'd be like, Evans? I don't know. Like, it's just the weird, like, I think there's a balance between, like, every death affects me a thousand percent. And then there's definitely, you don't want to be the person who's like, well, the grandma who I spent every weekend with died. And yeah, now I'm over it in an hour. Yeah. But I just don't, there's not a right answer for death. Yeah, that's true. Like, one thing that kind of bothers me is like people like telling other people like how they should grieve. Like sometimes like, uh, like my, my mom was telling me about a story like where like a mom, like her kid died. So the next, so her birth, that kid's birthday was the next week. So they had the birthday party, even though the kid died. And like, that was like one of the reasons why they're like, look at this mom didn't even care that their kid died. They still had the party. And I was like, eh, it could be a grieving thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's weird when you start trying to judge people's grief, which I just spent five minutes doing, I feel like. So, yeah. Although at the oh. same time, like, I want everybody, if like something did happen to me, which I guess it came close, closer than it's closer for comfort, too close for comfort. But yeah, just say that I was the funniest comedian ever. You don't have to show people tape. I don't. <laughs> just say that I. Like, say i was so funny and when they're like do you have a clip be like nah nah we burned them (laughs) yeah we wanted to keep his legacy uh the legend's more fun maybe i am joe i i think i'm mixed part of me is like if i die i want all my friends to roast me all right and then the other part of me is like if i die i want everyone to say every like every nice thing i've ever done for them <clears throat> i have a real like sadness that i don't get to watch my funeral because i'm like dude i'm such a good person and everyone should be talking about it <laughs> and that's not gonna happen till i die yeah i mean like you can fake it but people are gonna be super mad at you yeah you can I also think that that's see my like my real dream this is fucked up i have a dream of like getting in a car crash <laughs> And going through like an eight month long coma where people are like, he's definitely going to die. And so then I still get all of that. But then I wake up because I don't want to be dead either. And maybe I've lost a few pounds. That'd be a nice bonus. But then I get to see all the nice things people said about me because they assumed I was going to die. Dang, dude. I That's just a real did dark. That. I literally just did that. I lost <laughs> 80 pounds. <laughs> You're you're living my dream, Andrew. <laughs> there's there's some side effects here. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want the side effects. This is my dream role. All right. I don't have the side effects. I'm I work up, I wake up, I'm perfectly good to go. Oh okay. I do a comedy set that night. Yeah, people are like just like weirded out seeing you. They're like, we thought you were done for, man. <laughs> nah. Uh-huh. Like one, um, one of the things. Ah, shoot! I totally lost the train of thought. I had something to say. Um, one of the things that I, I was thinking about was, um, if like something did happen to me, right? I wanted, I, I wanted, I do like the idea of like having like a roast after you die, but uh, oh shoot! This is what I was gonna say. So, a friend of mine, 
she was messaging me while, while she was in the hospital and she died recently. It's really sad, but she told, so we were making jokes about death. She told me like, if she dies uh, to make shark attack jokes. So like, I wrote like a little eulogy where I'm just like, just putting in like a bunch of like jokes that she was attacked and killed by a shark off the coast of Florida. <laughs> and I want to post that. Yeah. Oh, you I, haven't posted it. I haven't posted it yet. And I want to post it because she, she was a really good friend of mine. She was a friend of mine all through high school. She was like my brother, one of my brother's best friends too. Um, every time I went back to Colorado, we hung out. She's a really cool person. She sent me tons of messages while I was in the hospital. But um, so, but I, I want to post it, but I don't want to tell people that it was like a promise that I made to her. Yeah. You just want to post it. Like you think she died of a shark attack. Yeah. That's Which is how, what she would have wanted. Yes, I know that she would have laughed. <laughs> oh, God. It goes into, like, is the after-death stuff, who's it for? Is it for the person who died, or is it for the person, the person's loved ones? Like... Little column A, little column B, I guess. Yeah, it's that's where it gets real dicey because like that's the other thing is I'm scared of because I've told friends like I've gotten very drunk and I've been like if I die you only say mean things about me and it's like but also my poor mom when I if I like if I died right now I definitely know I have at least two friends who are like I promise man and they'd be like Corey was a bald fuck and like then they would have to deal with the wrath of Terry and that's just not fun for them. <laughs> And I can't be mad at my mom for doing that, but I mean, that's what I would have wanted. I would have wanted them talking about how much of a disgusting person I was. You should probably give her a bit of a heads up, but at the same time, like, yeah, you gotta, you, you have to honor a last wish, which is why I think that you should take that in consideration for whatever your last wishes are, have fun with them. Yeah. Right. Cause like people have to do them. The shark attack is such a good last wish. I'm so sad I didn't get to meet your friend because that is such a unique and hilarious request. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter how it happens. Just act like it was a shark attack. And I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that at your funeral. Just tons of jokes about you getting attacked by a shark. I hope she was like, the only time, the only way that I die and you don't <laughs> act like it's a shark attack is if it's actually a shark attack. Yeah, then just ignore it. <laughs> uh, we got, we do have to go. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of ignoring, I'm bad at transitions. Yeah. Well, that doesn't, that's not a terrible transition. Do you want to introduce the last one? Oh, okay. So uh, one of the suggestions uh, that we got for our last show was talking about comedy. They enjoyed when we were talking about comedy. And the topic was uh, joke thieves. How do you feel about them? Have you ever had to experience them, stuff like that? Uh, so I've had to experience them. I've been a joke thief. Uh, so that's why, like, I think I'm going to be a little <laughs> bit more kind towards them is I've had a lot of times, I think it's very easy to be watching a comedy special, especially when you're first starting comedy and you're watching a lot of comedy and then accidentally still a joke. 
so I know at some point I watched a Bill Burr special, or maybe it was a Louis C.K. I, I think it was a Louis C.K. special. I understand he's a monster. Um, but he had a joke about like falling in love. The best case scenario is one of you watches the other one die. And it's a good joke, but yeah. I remember that. But I didn't realize I remembered it. And then I wrote that joke. And it wasn't on purpose. I wasn't like, I'm going to steal Louis C.K. stuff. It was just like, I forgot that I watched it, thought it was an original thought. And then I told it on stage. And lucky enough, I had good friends who like one of my friends pulled me right after my set and was like, hey, I think that's a Louis C.K. joke. And the moment he said it, I was like, oh, yeah, that is a Louis C.K. joke. So I definitely think if it just happens once. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think, and I, but I think we have too hard of a stance on joke thieves to where it's like, if you've only seen them do it once, like maybe kindly go up to them and be like, Hey, I've heard that joke. Here's who told it. And don't be a dick. Cause I think some people go up, you stole. And I was lucky enough to not have that. I was lucky enough to have some friends who were watching who are comics who went up and they're like, Hey, I think you might've taken Louis's bed. And I was like, oh, I did. I did take Louis' bet. And then I never told the joke again. Yeah. But I feel like that's different than a joke thief. Um, yes. So I think that there's three things that could possibly happen. Um, one, straight up joke thief thievery. Like, um, and that's kind of where you kind of get into the Carlos Mencia stuff, like where it's so happens so often and it's like almost verbatim in situations where and then uh the targets were typically people that were like way less famous than them that really couldn't do anything about it then um there's something called crypto amnesia which uh kind of happens to you where sometimes like you'll think of something and you'll think it's an original thought but it's actually a memory Uh and it's actually not uncommon at all um people constantly are having conversations and um yeah, there have been times where like me and like other comics were talking and we'll like come up with like a concept and we can't really figure out who was the one that actually thought of it. Yeah. And that's real tough because then who does it belong to? Yeah. That's like that's another thing, too, is like uh, ownership of stuff, too. Um, another thing, something that bothered me one time was that I have a joke that I have a joke that has a similar concept to another comedian's jokes, but they're nowhere near each other. Uh huh. Like they don't they don't start the, start the same. Just the concepts are similar, but the jokes are completely different. And he was upset about it, and I was like, "Those jokes aren't even close to each other." So like, I don't know. Him and I kind of were annoyed at each other for a little while after that. It's also weird. I I used to be very scared of having my joke stolen. And then I listened to someone uh, and I don't remember who it was, but I do remember like this was advice I either heard on a podcast or was told in person. But they said, like, you shouldn't want your jokes to get stolen. But the thing is, you should be good enough that if someone steals one of your jokes, not that you're going to be a pushover and be okay with it, but you should be like, that's not the end of my career. Cause I can write more jokes. 
I think when I first started comedy, I would write a joke. And if it was a good joke, I'd go, oh, this is the joke that's going to make me. This is a joke that they're going to hear. And then they're going to put me on SNL. And now if someone stole one of my jokes, I would be upset, but I wouldn't be like, ah, oh, it's the end of me. I think there was a while to where like, uh, I had a joke stolen and I was like, this is the end of me. And that's just not true. And one, the joke, this was one year in, the joke wasn't good, but, oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> but I thought it was great. I've actually been going through my old notes. I, I, I found a bunch of those, those old gems. There are a couple of concepts that I think are, are workable though, but you know, ideas. One of my favorite things to do when I have writer's block is go through my old notebooks. Like I have probably three or four jokes that I are my show jokes. Like I'll probably do when I'm doing that 35 minutes later this month because they are good and they have been proven to be good. That came from like my journals from my first six months in. To where it's like, this was a good idea, but I did not have the talent or the skill set to make it funny yet. And so that's that's my, when I go through a writer slump, I go, I'm going to go back to my old journals and I'm going to pull out anything that I think that was, that is funny, but it didn't work. I actually heard someone randomly say one of your jokes and it was, it was actually kind of cool. It was like somebody like had heard your set and was okay. just re- repeating your joke. And it was actually at Plato's Closet in Midland. And then I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was there with my cousin. And uh, one of the guys, I think he was trying to hit on like the girl that was working there. And he uh, he said the Albuquerque joke. And uh, that's that's one of the jokes that I that was like an, a, like my one of my first jokes that didn't work. And now it's how I open because it's a quick joke that shows like, hey, I know what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. The New Mexican joke. Yeah, the New Mexican joke. Yeah, he he said that and I was like, dang, dude. I was like, that guy, that guy at some point heard Corey's set. And he didn't even give me credit. He's just trying to get laid. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, no, he was, he's trying to get a, he was trying to get the girl from Plato's Closet. <laughs> That makes me feel even better. I, I'm glad he didn't give me credit. Still that shit. Get laid. Yeah. I hope that would like if someone was like, hey, dude, I did steal your joke, but it got me laid. I'd be like, hell yeah, you did. Good see, for you. It's never worked for me, but <laughs> I'm glad it worked for you. See, don't steal my joke and get on Saturday Night Live. But like, get, sure. if, if you, if you want to get it in somewhere and like that's what that's what seals the deal, please. As long as it's not Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't mind that. <coughs> <coughs> what did I, I, the one other thing I wanted to talk about, I feel like we've ran a little while, but yeah, jealousy in comedy. Yes. Because I, I feel like jealousy is the worst thing. If you've been in comedy a lot, like even your best friends, if your best friends get something that you wanted, you hate them for I think the older you get the more mature you get now if my best friend I had a friend who got Conan who got uh, he's a writer on Conan now and he's the sweetest person in the world and he deserved it it wasn't it was like this dude writes every day he's funny he works his ass off he deserved to get Conan 
but someone told me and they're like so-and-so got like conan and i was like oh that's insane they're like as a like a staff writer and i was just like fuck him (laughs) and i think the maturity thing isn't that goes away but it lasts a less a less amount of time because i think when i first started if someone would have gotten conan i would have been mad at them for days i was only mad at him for like 10 minutes for like 10 minutes i was like fuck this dude i'm funnier than him and then after 10 minutes i got to be like no he's a great person he works his ass off and he's funnier than me because he works his ass off not that i'm lazy but he works harder than me and he might be more talented than me too probably more talented than me i'm still a little jealous yeah like i try not to admit that stuff to myself i'm just like well that guy just was trying harder yesterday like if someone comes and blows the doors off you're like ah he just had a good day crowd was good that day just start start lying to yourself but the thing is, sometimes that can be true. Like, sometimes it's just like, this person did just have a really good set. Mm-hmm. That's Comedy is such a weird mind game to where, like, one of the rules that a lot of new comics are told is to never blame the audience. But sometimes it sincerely is the audience's fault. Oh, yeah. But I you agree, still like, never blame them. Yeah, it's... It's your fault that you didn't figure out that specific audience. Uh huh. But that's just like it's sometimes there really is. I believe I've been in front of the audience where it's like no one who's not famous could kill right now. And the only reason famous people could kill right now is because people would shut up because they'd realize they're famous. I truly think their audience is like that to where it's like even if Dave Chappelle came in right now and he could body morph and be someone else and still do his set he wouldn't kill right now because this audience is not going to pay attention to you. Obviously, if Dave Chappelle comes in, he's famous enough to where people are going to be like, dude, Dave Chappelle, shut the fuck up. I do believe there are audiences like that. I think they're rare. I don't think there are a lot of audiences like that. And I think you have to say, I'm never going to blame the audience because maybe 1% of the time it actually is the audience. And then the other 99% of the time I'm being a baby and I'm giving myself an excuse for sucking. Cause I think that's where it gets dangerous is when yeah. you go, no, that was funny. The audience sucked. You're not, you're not willing to do introspection and go, what could I have done? I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. Um, one time. <clears throat> have you ever, have you ever gone to El Paso and, uh, Denny, I, I think it's coconuts over there. That's a pretty rowdy crowd. I've seen coconuts, uh, but I've never performed there. No. Yeah, well, uh, Jerry Kearns had an open mic there. And that was like one of the first times where I felt like a real comedian. Because like I was, I was uh, the first comedian to get their audience to like be quiet and actually listen to me. And uh-huh. so I felt really good about that set. And then like a week later... I went to a different uh, spot, like with all the confidence in the world and just bombed. So, yeah. It's like, <laughs> and, and the second audience was actually a really good audience, like really respectful listening and everything. And I bombed in front of them and I got the rowdy audience. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things where first off, like comedy is going to remind you that you still need to work for it. <coughs> <clears throat> but also um yeah like 
like you can't get you can't get too high on yourself either yeah comedy my favorite thing about comedy is it's 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 hills and then it's plateaus and then it's valleys so it's like if you're doing like if you're steadily getting better eventually you're gonna hit that (laughs) plateau and then for like two weeks you're gonna be like i'm on fire and i'm the funniest person in the world and then i don't know what it is but this has been the pattern with me it's like two or three weeks you're gonna be crushing it and then something's gonna happen not even like something in your life but it's just like a flip a switch is gonna flip and you're gonna crash down and then you're gonna bomb for a while and then you're gonna start climbing that hill and the next plateau will be higher than the one you were on previously so you are getting better but it is just an up and down like it's so funny that you can crush so hard i i was preparing for laugh factory once and i was really excited about the show so i asked to be on like basically like get some open mic spots the day of the show so the show was friday and there were three friday open mics and i was like hey will you let me do these so i can run my first 15 my first five at this open mic my next five at this open mic my next five at this open mic so i could practice before i got on because i was doing 15 at laugh factory and then the first open mic i crushed with my first five the second open mic, I crushed with my second five. The third open mic, I crushed with my third five. And I was like, I'm about to fucking crush. And then I went to Laugh Factory and just nothing. And then I bombed. And it's like, I crushed the ones that didn't matter. And then I bombed. It's just a fun. It's fun. It's a very high and low thing. Yeah. I think uh, I think stress and like, uh, like that anticipation is what kind of keeps you sharp. But also, uh-huh. like, there needs to be, like, a little bit of uh, old hat to it to where, like, you're, like, ready for anything. So, like, it needs to be, like, a mix of, like, enough uh, fear to give you an edge. Yeah. But enough, like, of, uh, I don't know, like, used to, like, being used to it enough to where you're you're yeah. good with, with whatever happens. And you can adjust if, like, your stuff stops working. Yeah, the best shows I've ever had is like me stepping out because I'm nervous and I have to give myself a pep talk and be like, you belong here. You know, you're funny. And that's like the mixture of like, I've done it enough that like, I know I'm funny and I know I have jokes at work, but also I'm scared enough to where I have to leave the room for a second and talk to myself like a child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually had a... um at a comedy works in denver i was just trying to i was trying to get an open mic there and i didn't get on for the open mic it's actually it's not it's not that easy getting an open mic there mm-hmm. um i even lied and told them i had a manager um <laughs> yeah like what was your plan like were you gonna have them call a friend well no like uh yeah like i was gonna i was even gonna like name drop and stuff like that because uh jose Zardui, was like a comedian I performed with was also about to perform there, like a few okay. weeks out. So I was like, "Oh yeah, that's a he's a buddy of mine." Like he he uh-huh. would not remember yeah. me. Him, he, I was like, "I have a picture with him, so I can prove that we met." <laughs> but yeah, um, but uh, so like a bunch of comedians go, they sign up, and you just kind of have to like wait. And because I was new to that comedy scene, like nobody knew me or anything like that. And I had no calmness there at all. Yeah. Like, 
it like with you guys and stuff like that or like um in El Paso and stuff like that I know enough people to where even if like I'm stressed out like I got my friends around me that kind of calms me down a little bit there I knew nobody and um yeah dude I was just super freaked out like the whole time and I was like even if I go up I'm gonna bomb I'm like basically having an anxiety attack and then I wasn't on the set like they didn't list me so I was like all right it was like the first time I was like excited about not performing. I was like, thank God. Cause I don't think I'm in a spot. <laughs> yeah. Cause if you bomb and people don't know you and they've never seen you, they think you suck. And that's not necessarily the case. Everyone bombs. But so yeah. like if I bomb in Lubbock, at least the comics there will be like, no, Corey's good. He's had, he's not having a good day, but he's good. To whereas like, if I go to Denver where no one knows me and I bomb, people are going to be like, dude, this guy sucks. That's that's exactly what I was thinking, which is why, like, I only use, like, uh, when, when I go to a new place, like, I only use, like, my top material. Like, if, uh-huh. even if it's, like, an open mic, I just want people to know that I, I kind of know what I'm doing. Yeah. That's you don't want to look like you're because we've seen people go on stage who have no business going on stage. I mean, I've seen people go up for years and still aren't as good as someone going up for their first time. And it's like, I don't want people to think that about me yeah it's stressful yeah so it's kind of weird because you 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 can't well like you can try out new stuff it's just you don't want to Mm -hmm. for some reason like you're because you want to prove you belong yeah which don't get me wrong like i know people in colorado now and they're they're really nice but also like a thing about comedians is like they're either the nicest people i know or some of the like yep the most vile yeah like in the it, well maybe the, there's probably halfways in there but there's a lot of them that are there's no halfway with it they're like either like uh-huh. just great people to be around funny nice to be around um you know helpful all that stuff and then there's some people where i was like i literally don't want to turn my back on you yeah. I, I think you might actually stab me it, it brings in a weird bunch comedy is the, the people who gravitate towards comedy are very interesting to just be like, because I, I, that's the best way I've ever heard it put. It's like, I've met the best people I've ever met in comedy and I've met the worst people I've ever met in comedy. And there's just like, you don't know who's going to be what. Yeah. And also like, it's, it's weird. Like how, I mean, like you meet this in like all walks of life, like people that put on those faces that are like, this guy's really friendly and like you almost don't trust her like that guy smiles way too easy uh-huh. I, I don't i don't know if i like it like you get that weird like what why is this guy so happy to see me we just met and then yeah and then you find out something like down the road and you're like oh his whole family just disappeared okay yeah. <laughs> and then yeah and then you have to distance yourself it's so weird yeah there are like people I know and it's just be like, he's a predator. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Like I didn't know him that well, but we're friends on Facebook. I've had to delete so many people on Facebook. Cause it's just like, Jesus, like, Oh, they're also creepy. Oh, I, yeah. I'm tired of men being creepy. I watched uh, a promising young woman last night. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's just a, a woman who's killing creepy dudes. 
but it made oh, it seem like oh, I thought else. I thought you were saying uh, it's it's a it's a show called A Promising Young Woman. It's a movie, yeah. You it's thought I was just talking about a woman, so I watched well, A Promising that, Young Woman last night. It's a weird way to say it. it's like I watched A Promising Young Woman last night. It's like all right, <laughs> who's who, where's the creepy person here? Yeah, that would it would be me. It would be me if I, said <laughs> I was watching that. this promising you. Okay, go on, <laughs> go on with the story. <laughs> uh, but it's just like I watched that and I'm like, oh, all guys are terrible. And I know that's not true, but it's like I asked my girlfriend. I was trying to be positive. I was like, what percentage of guys do you think are awful, terrible people who would do stuff like this? And I was like, I say five percent. And she went. <laughs> No. And she didn't tell me her percentage, but I'm glad I'm not a woman. Some woman oh. needs to tell me what percentage of guys are awful, though, because I, I want to have hope. Like, it's 10%, I guess. 5% is too low. Only 10% are monsters. I don't know. I I don't know. Like, I think that those guys, though, they're very prolific. Like, I, I do think it's a minority of men, but I think that they're so prolific that like like it, they're not just like creeping out one girl they're like being creeps everywhere yeah so that's why that's why it gives us all a bad name yeah but, and it's, I, I was talking to my girlfriend it, it's it's a counterbalance because i was talking about like there's a moment where a girl is very pretending to be very drunk it's a really good movie it's like this girl pretends to be very drunk and if a guy tries to fuck her like she kills or she doesn't actually kill anyone it bummed me out but she like fucks him up and there was this guy at the beginning of the movie who was like let me get you a ride home like let me call you a cab and i was like oh thank god like they're gonna show at least one good person and then he was a creep and i was like but the thing is like i think there are guys who would do that who would see that girl and like offer her a ride home and she was like no there's not and she is like i think you're the type of guy that you're thinking of would you do that and I was like, no, because I wouldn't want her to be scared. And like, that's kind of scary. I would just buy her a cab. And she was like, exactly. And I was like, oh, well, fuck. I, I think there is like a little bit like there are like good people who will go. I'm not going to like go in and offer her a ride home because that's going to be scary to her. Well, like, and I don't it, know. I'm I well, like the other the other part is like you don't want to want to look like you're doing anything wrong, too. Sure. At the same time. Uh one time like a friend of mine her cousin got drunk at a party and she fell asleep and i was like telling him like i was telling the other girls that they should go check on her and they're like you go check on her and i was like i'm not gonna be a yeah. dude going in there poking at some drunk passed out girl i was like if you yeah. come back with me we'll go check her together but like at the same time i was like i don't want that like i don't want her to like wake up and like see me in there also sure. yeah so that was like something and then like i also like told them like they should take her shoes off and i was like i'm definitely not doing that uh yeah there's yeah people are in the feet yeah so i was like i'm not doing that but it would be nice she's wearing cowboy boots her feet are gonna hurt in the morning i'm just trying to be just trying to consider it consider it not creepy and they're like it's creepy you brought that up and i was like fair enough but also (laughs) also i have to be careful because i also have a lot of creepy jokes like uh Walmart the Walmart thing is true is like it's super weird teenage girls do shoplift a lot I don't know if you've heard that joke yeah uh, the fact of the matter is teenage girls do shoplift a lot and as an adult male having to follow around 
teenage girls as they're shoplifting. It's, it's weird. It's yeah. Freaking weird. So yeah. So like you have to like go out of your way to like pers- like there there were times where I've actually dragged female employees along with me. It's just, I was just like stay behind me and you know don't get seen and just keep making notes that I'm not doing anything inappropriate. And <laughs> and an old lady and an old lady actually threatened to call. She's like, if you don't stop staring at those young women, I'm gonna call the news on you. And I was like, Ooh. I was like, I actually work here. They're stealing stuff. And she's like, oh. <laughs> And then she, and then, and then that lady, like, she thought she was like my sidekick after that. She was like, she's like, oh, they're over here. Like, kind of like watching them for me. So <laughs> She became creepy wingman. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. And, but it was, it was awkward too, because like those, they were, they were stealing like just the most awkward stuff. They were stealing um, lotion and like, they started putting on the lotion and like, so it looked like me just like freaking watching and then uh, they were stealing underwear and stuff. Like everything was just like the worst thing they could be stealing. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. So like, and it, I was contractually obligated to be like there. And so, yeah, it's it's one of those things where one half like is also like, as a dude, you kind of have to protect yourself from like those situations as well. Yeah. Yeah. You got to protect just the fact that anyone could even like say anything bad about you it's i mean like as a teacher like i can never be alone in a classroom with a kid i know i'm not going to do anything creepy but it's just like you can't do that you can't be alone in the classroom with a kid because you got to be able to be like nope i was in the hallway with them like watch look at the cameras nothing weird happened i want to say when i was a kid i was definitely alone with teachers before i don't know if it's hard if it's a hard and fast rule i i don't think so but that's a rule i follow it was a rule i was given when i went to teaching school they brought in a lawyer to like give advice to teachers and like one of them was like never be alone with any student in a classroom ever male female it doesn't matter and i was like yep okay i will take that to heart yeah i think i think that's smart it's, yeah it's it's unfortunate i guess but you know it's smart now. I don't know an elegant way to wrap up this p- podcast, but I am gonna pee my pants soon. Oh, dude, yeah, I was like noticing you were okay. Um, so, <laughs> uh, we are on almost everything. We're on uh, Stitcher, um, i iTunes, everything like that. Um, if you have any questions or anything like that, you want to give us a dear Abby, uh, please message us. Uh, direct message us um at any time do you have anything else to add Corey? uh please send the dear abby stuff we want to give advice that's one of my favorite parts last time i'm probably going to look up some dear abby stuff in case no one messages us yeah. um yeah just follow the podcast yeah uh please follow like subscribe share and uh my name is andrew holiday and i'm Corey evans uh thank you for watching community click correct and you have a great rest of your day all right thanks Corey. All right. Bye. Bye.